got something I think I need to say. You know, it's, it's a wonderful, unique environment that we have here. It's, it's a little different um, in lots of different ways. You know, we've seen, we've seen a lot of growth. And we've seen a lot of maturity. And uh, we just, we've experienced an awful lot. Now, we've got to the place where we can be transparent, we can be vulnerable, we can be honest. And uh, there's something I think I need to say this morning, and I, I, I hope I can say it right. Um, I hope I don't say it wrong. And um, so just remember, in the spirit of saying it right, you need to hear it that way, okay? <laughs> uh, and I don't really quite know where to start, but I want you to hang tight because... This is something that you need to hear. Um, we went through a lot in the last year and a half. And it's, it's been for the best. It's, it's all been for the best. And so as I preface what I'm about to say, you need to remember that it's all been for the best. We've not been taken advantage of by the devil. We have been taken advantage of by the Lord. And we need to realize that. Every single one of us, regardless of the path you went down, regardless of what's transpired. And, and um, you know, when Kim said what she said this morning, you know, that, I'm going to be honest with you. That's one, of, that's one of the highlights of my church experiences. And I'm not saying it because you did it and, Kim, and Kelly's participated. But what I'm saying is, you see, that's the way stuff should be. Should not, there should not be any other definition for love, Christian love, for Forgiveness and for restoration, that, that should be it. And I, I've, I've only seen that in, in rare cases. I mean, very, very rare. And it should be, it should be the order of the day. All right, it should be the order of the day. Nobody needs to be ashamed for what they've done because when, when, when Jesus was put up on the cross, all the past was washed away. You know, and that's one of the, that's one of the, great, that's one of the great hallmarks of, of the Christian faith and, and uh, the belief that we have. Okay? So the past is all done away with. Now, having said all that, and, and, and God has taken advantage of us to, to do this, I want to tell you just a really quick story, and then I'll make an application. I noticed this past week or two, if you, you may have noticed a Facebook comment yesterday, that our garden has, has rebounded. It's, it's revived. It's, it's been resurrected because the little tomato bushes, the pepper bushes, the, the eggplant and the basil were all dead pretty much. You can see a little green, but they were all dead here a few weeks ago. But went out there yesterday. We got tomatoes on the vines. We got loads of bell pepper. The uh, eggplant's coming, and uh, you know, <laughs> the basil. What last weekend looked just like a winter bush, and now looks like a spring bush. And it just and, and so God has He's He's allowed in in October He's allowed uh, a, a, a a rebirth, I guess you could say, of our garden, and it's bearing fruit again. What looked like death was is, was not death. It was just going through a season. And our ministry's been through a season. Okay? And here, here, here's where we get to the part where I hope you don't misunderstand. Because I want you to hear this loud and clear. And just hear the whole thing before you judge what I have to say. So don't take it in bits and pieces. You have to take it in as a, as a whole. Um, about, I guess a year and a half ago, the Kellys came to us. Brandy had a dream. Can I share this? About October? Uh, Brandy had a dream, and it was really short. It wasn't complicated, and they brought it to us, and, and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't 
really interpreted, give them satisfaction for it. it was, the dream was about Brandy and Ken, and they were just sort of sitting there with just puzzled looks on their face. And Brandy said, I can't believe it ended in October. Remember that? And that puzzled all of us. Well, last September, I mean, last uh, July, we received a word that a lot of people would be leaving. And uh, that began to manifest itself in, in October and November and through December and woke up in January and, and we'd had a lot of people who'd left. A lot of people had been transferred. Some people had went out and went to other ministries or started ministries, just a lot of different things. But we'd had, prior to last October, we had a lot of different people headed in a lot of different directions. And so everything kind of hit in October and, and uh, in January we looked up and you know, we didn't have many people. And, you know, I was asked questions about it, and I didn't really have a good answer for it, but I knew in the bottom of my heart that, that, um, that, you know, as time went on, that it was the work of the Lord. But at one point, and, and here's what I want to say, at one point, um, I made the statement to uh, the elders. I said, I said, this is what I said, and I'm, I think I can remember exactly what it was. I said, this is almost like a death blow to our ministry. Almost. You know, the scripture says that unless a grain, a kernel of corn, fall into the ground and die, it'll bear no fruit. And so, what we witnessed last year in October, Brandy, it did come to an end. <laughs> there was something that ended last October and November in, in, a, in, a, in a season, it, it ended. And there was a great, um, there was the great temptation to grieve over it. And, and there's, there's, you know, I, I hope that whenever I say what I'm going to say today that, um, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't kept, haven't kept it hanging around, you know, just to keep the situation alive, but. What, what really looked like death was death, but it was not death. It was really the beginning of something very special. And so um, as, as the months progressed, different things happened, and there was sort of in another season, there, there was a resolve and, and, and sort of a, a better feeling about everything happened. And as this, as this past summer went along and as we went through the fall, we had uh, the winds of fire come along. And did anybody notice what I noticed during the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when they were here? I mean, it was, it was, like, a, it was like a rebirth for them. But did you notice what happened here? Lots of, lots of people who left came back and worship for at least two, two of those services, or maybe three. And um, that was the first time in a whole year that a lot of those folks came back. And we had a new couple come in from somewhere off, and their comment was they were so amazed at how this people loved each other and how much freedom we had in this place. And I'm thinking... They're saying that as, a, as the sum total of a corporate experience. 
Now, now here's a statement that you need to hear loud and clear. Number one is, uh, although a lot of people went a lot of different directions, we never stopped loving each other. Never. Might not could have understood it all, might not could have explained it all, might not have had a whole lot of answers, but nobody stopped loving each other. Isn't that neat? And so, you know, someone came in and, and confirmed and recognized that. And that's a good thing. So, one of the things, one of the benefits of the blood of Christ, and one of its chief attributes is, is that love never fails. Love never fails. And the, the tide of love will carry you to a lot of places. Sometimes it will carry you to an uncomfortable place where you have to recognize that, that you've been hurt, but it's okay because Jesus said love and forgive and it's all right. And everybody just believes that creed and hangs in there. And lo and behold, love is victorious at the end. And that's what we, that's what we are seeing here. But it did come to an end in October. Now, <laughs> and I looked at those little plants this weekend and I thought, gee whiz, you know, isn't it curious that in October all this fruit begins to come back on these bushes? I'm telling y'all ought to come see the blooms and the little bell peppers and the eggplants. You, you ought to just come and see our little garden that, that I was tempted to pull up one time. And so Janie said, no, don't pull that up. And I thought, okay, I won't pull it up. And so now there's a great benefit for that. And so what I want to say, and I will say it in the presence of heaven, and, the, you know, and if, any, if anybody from, from, from hell dares to be here, listen, I'll say it in front of them too. You know, we didn't pull up what remained. Didn't give up on the little plants. And we looked forward to the fruit that it would bring. And so what God has done in this season, I'm giving him all the credit for it. What God has done in this season is he has, he has, he has forged something new that I think had been present the whole time, but it's, something, it's a new manifestation of an old truth, and that is uh, you know, love never fails. Yeah, that, that's right. Ever. Ever, and you don't have to be ashamed of where you've been or what you've done, but you can, you can with radiance and excitement and anticipation look forward to where you're going. Because you've learned to deal, in a large respect, with the things in the past that you may not have been able to reconcile in the natural. Does that make any sense? And so having said all that, having said all that, I am so excited about what I see here and the potential that's coming. I am so excited about the teen group and I'm so excited about the marketplace ministry and I'm so excited about like what happened Friday night when when the young lady came and had her life just totally turned upside down and sideways in a good way you know I'm excited about the the, the posture of our people concerning uh, transparency and freedom and forgiveness and, and just loving each other and not quitting 
I'm excited about how God is answering our prayers and doing miraculous things. I will tell you now, when one thing we've learned in the last probably two or three years is that when y'all pray for somebody to get healed, it's, it's pretty much done. And see, that should, be, that should be the case of normal operation, not only in this ministry, but in every life of every believer. When, when, every, when, when, when a believer prays, it simply should be done. And we're seeing that here. And, and so I want to call attention to the fact today that the cross of Jesus and his blood still works. And that we are, we are pursuing destiny for the sake of Jesus and trying to follow in the steps of our, our path that's been ordered, trying to follow those today and being content with that. So never, ever, ever worry about if you don't see something happening right now today. You need to be content and to know that, that God is at work fully and completely in your life, in your destiny, in the destiny of this, this, this ministry. Because I am seeing extraordinary evidence, not only of great faith and great love, but I'm seeing extraordinary evidence of the miraculous. And the miracle starts with you. And the miracle starts with our faith. And it starts with our belief in a, in, in a foundation that was laid on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And so it starts with you. It begins with the mindset and the heart set and the spirit set that God has promised and spoken certain things and that they are and will be fulfilled. Regardless of what your eyes may see and regardless of what your natural thinking may perceive. You see. So yes, last October it all ended. But it all began. I'm good with it. I have no remorse and I have no heartache. I'm content with it. Matter of fact, I'm overjoyed with it. And you know, God has settled a lot of stuff in you and he's settled a lot of stuff in me over the course of the past year. And if there is going to, if there is going to be an increase and if there is going to be uh, if God is going to deliver to us the next level of stewardship in terms of people coming in and, and, and being stewards in that area over another, you know, whichever you want to call it, another level of ministry or, or, or another, kick it up a notch, or I don't care why, how, what kind of words you want to use. If God is going to do that, then he had to allow us to become comfortable with his purpose and with his plan and the way he operates. And he had to allow us to become comfortable with being uncomfortable and having questions go unanswered. Because when you have questions that go unanswered, one of two things happen. Your faith either just falls by the wayside or it gets strong enough to see the manifestation and the realization of it at God's appointed time. And so we have, we have went through the season and we are, we are at the appointed time. And the tangible evidence 
is in the spirit realm and you can feel it and you can see it. And the gates have been opened and the doors have been opened and the windows have been opened. And there is a flow coming in and going out. A lot of times we want the river just to flow in, but what we need to understand is it's, it, it flows in that it might flow out. Yeah. And so God is doing something and we need, to, we need to pray into it and we need to minister into it. And God is fully capable of doing extraordinary, magnificent things. And we need to recognize when he does that. And we've been through a season where we need to recognize what he's done. And what he's done is glorious. And nobody has to be ashamed of it. And nobody has to be afraid. Because this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. And so I need to encourage you. The people that God puts in your path. You need to be sensitive to the opportunity to minister in the marketplace and in the community. And you need to be sensitive to speak what he asks you to speak in the checkout line or um, at the restaurant or wherever, across the neighbor's fence. Because there are people that he's connected you with that need the Jesus that we've come to know and love and have faith in. And minister to them where they are or bring them here and they can receive ministry here and then be comfortable with what the Lord does. Just be comfortable with it. One of the things that the church has failed in is that the church, and, and, and don't take this wrong, the church thinks that it has to mother for 10 or 15 years every person who comes through the door. You know what Jesus told the woman who was taken in, in adultery? He said, go and sin no more. From what I understand, he never had any more contact with her. He saved her, he forgave her, he set her free, and he turned her loose to go into the community. The Gadarene, he cast out a legion of demons. And so far as I know, other than one example of them having a meal together, they didn't have contact anymore. And he went to his, Jesus said, go to your family and friends and tell them what great things the Lord's done for you. Jesus didn't have to mother him. It is our responsibility to bring people in contact with our most high Lord and, and let, let him begin to deal with them and let them go out and bring people. We don't have to give them a 10-year course in how to do church. Do your part. Do your part. And watch God do His. Because yours is, yours, is, <laughs> yours is great and it's wonderful. But it's, it's just a little bit of what He can do. And be content with Him reordering and, 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 and taking the lead in your life and, and doing things different than what you think He will do them. But don't. And we, we, we went through a year. We went through a full cycle. And we can now see the glory of what the Lord's done. 
And I'm telling you, it's a glorious thing. And he has chosen you and he's chosen me to be in covenant with each other. And what you're seeing worked out here is people who understand that they're in covenant regardless. And Jesus is looking for a strong community of believers to follow that and to make it a part of their life. Let it be a hallmark of their existence on this earth. Yeah, it is. And if we can get this one thing right, I promise you every single thing else will take its place. But until this one thing gets right, none of the rest will happen. You'll just see little trinkles of it, little, little drips of it. But I'm telling you, we're in the middle of a great flow. In the middle of a great flow. This is the Lord's doing. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about every one of you. I'm excited about what you have endured personally and in your families, in your finances, and in your health. I'm excited about the testimony that you bring concerning all that. And I am very excited to be a part of this group of people. Because as far as I can determine, I don't know of any group of people I'd rather be a part of. <laughs> but y'all, this, what you're witnessing and what you have witnessed over the last couple months is real life in Jesus. Wayne, you got anything you want to say? I know you do. Come here. Uh-oh, here we go. See, we're free to do this. Bryson doesn't mind. He was wrought up in it. He's okay. 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 Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. We were all young one time or other. Some of us were fortunate to grow up in church. Do you remember some of those times? And some of those things you had to face? Sometimes you felt like you had to face them alone. And you had to work them out. We have, uh, God has placed and given us another generation here. And you know, I, I think our theme that we've, you've heard it spoken a few times, but I think that we all sincerely mean this, the older ones, that we don't want them to have to start down here on the evil level ground like we did. But we want them to get up here and say, come on my shoulder, son. Come on. We need to take that seriously. We can't keep doing what we've been doing or we're going to get the results that we've been getting. 
And God's known that. And so sometimes he has to get our attention and we have to go through changes of seasons like we have to die out on things in order that new things may be birthed. But that doesn't mean that we go back to go, back to go do not collect $200 or go directly to jail or whatever that is in life that we play. But it means that this is a new day and a new time. And I am so thankful that I am learning that I am saved and made righteous by the grace of God and not because I was raised in church and I don't speak a certain way or I don't go to certain places or I don't take certain things or there's not a certain checklist that makes me righteous. I am made righteous by the grace of God and that alone. And you need to know that. Because if this young can get in his head and the younger generation can get in their head that they've been made righteous by the grace of God and not because of something that they're pushing to achieve that's impossible, the law that is really impossible to keep perfection perfectly, then they will take a chance because they don't, won't worry about failing or coming short or something they didn't do this past week or something they did do this past week that nobody except for God knows about and he's going to be mad because I did it. It's going to hinder him. He needs to know that you are saved by grace. You're made righteous by the righteousness of God. And it's okay. It's all right. You have been born for a day like today. Fine. Let's kick it up a level. <laughs> I'm going to kick it up a level, people. This came with... Christy was up here speaking, and I was back there, and I wrote it down. And this is the prayer. Lord, I am what you say that I am. To believe anything different would be to believe a lie. Now, you think about that. To believe anything different is to believe a lie. People, there are no, no blessings in believing a lie. It's time for us to kick it up a level. We need to get in the word. And when it says that I am made the righteousness of God, then I am. Doesn't matter if even the pastor says that I ain't. If the word of God says I is, I is. If the word of God says you am, you am. That's right. And I think God would, I think I heard an angel say, and don't forget it. And we're not supposed to forget it because the Holy Ghost has been given to us to bring all things back to our remembrance. Ooh, aren't we without an excuse? But yet we tend to forget. We're living in hope when we need to be standing on faith and truth. I thank God for my heritage. And I do. I, I, but I came one time, boy, I just got so mad about it because it just seemed to have held me back. 
But God used it to bring salvation to me. God used it to bless my life. It's kind of like a little cocoon. A little worm. It served its purpose. And now I'm coming out a butterfly. And that's what God intends with all of our backgrounds. He's brought us this place. Most of us have come to this place because we've been stepped on. We've been broken. We have been rejected. And God's brought us here to basically tell us that you're no longer rejected, but you're accepted. And not only accepted, but you are promoted. And not only that, you are what I say that you are. And you are to be an example of the people that God has called us to be. We're not to settle for second best anymore. If the word says it, stand on it. Doesn't matter if they pass a law and say it's different. You stand on the truth of God. Lord, I am what you say that I am. And if I believe differently, I will be believing a lie. Now, we know how God feels about liars. Because he says there in Revelation that all liars will go to hell. He'll put them in hell. Those are people that won't believe the truth. Now, he may not send us to the literal hell of brimstone, but our lives will go through hell if we believe a lie. Now, it's one thing to be deceived, and yet he warns us about that. It's one thing to be deceived and believe a lie. But there's no blessing in it. I'll say that again. Many of us have been deceived, and we have believed a lie, and we have not received blessing from that dead junk. That dead junk is just like a bunch of stuff that they put into a box that when something, they want to mail something to you. It is useless, and it just takes up room and space. That packing stuff. Time to unpack the box and bring out the goodies, the real thing, the truth of God. And it seems like God's truth is in like a piece, uh, like in a tube of toothpaste. You have to get the, put the squeeze on it to get it out. You know, there really is a real proper way to, to, to do toothpaste. But most of us have never been taught in the proper way of doing toothpaste out of a tooth thing. We just grab it and squeeze. Right in the middle. I, I kind of I, I started trying to do things a little differently. You know, trying to squeeze it from the bottom and squeeze it up. And I'll go in there and I can tell when Audrey's used it. <laughs> and no, I have not said anything to her about it. She, this is a surprise to her. Because I knew it wouldn't do any good. It only caused, you know, follow peace with all men is what the word tells us. So. But God's got proper ways. Many times he has winked at things because he's looked at the intent of our heart. But he's now telling us to grow up. Put away childish things. Grow up and be men and women of God. Take them on. Look them in the eye. Start looking for every opportunity. Don't wait till something gets you in a squeeze and, you know, uh, where you have to take a stand. No. 
That doesn't mean you jump out in the middle of the road and try to take a stand. Because you could be a transfer truck coming, and God knows that that may be more than you can stand. So he waits until the proper time. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. So you see, God has all of this where it works together for the good. He's working together. We have tried things very diligently to what we thought was the right way. And God has blessed it. But then God says, okay, it's time now to move up. Move up. Move up. Move up. You know, God has sent people in here to tell us what we have. But a lot of times we don't realize what we have. Because we've been in it. And God experienced it. And yes, yes, yes. But sometimes we still want to think that we've got, that we're here gambling with the roulette wheel. We'll come up here. If someone wants something or needs something from the Lord, come on, we'll pray for you. We'll roll the wheel and we'll see if it scores today. See if you get the jackpot. Or if they don't get the jackpot, well, try again tomorrow. Maybe the Lord answer your prayer then. Uh-uh. We don't need to go there. We need to be people of faith to take a stand because the word has for us what we need. We need to take a stand and start standing on it. Start believing what the word of God says and what the word says is truth. I don't want to miss an opportunity and we don't need to miss an opportunity to catch these kids and bless them. Bless them because they're going back into the schools and into the world and they're having to fight battles too. And I call forth the anointing. And though he makes mistakes, though he fails, though he may not live up to a particular standard that pleases everybody, it's okay because he is loved. And I want him to know that he is loved. And just like you were telling about, telling Ken, I'm going to cover you. I'm behind you. I'm, I'm in front of you. I'm in front of you. These kids have got to be told that. These new people need to be told that. These kids in the spiritual need to be told that. I love you. We are with you. We are fighting for you. God will meet your needs. God will do what he says. God will will use you and you are worthy. You're going to be all right. He's going to be all right. But start being sensitive to the Lord and speaking words of blessing. Don't miss the opportunity to, to pray. I saw a later lady this week, she she wasn't able to do anything. She felt so unworthy because she couldn't go places. She wasn't physically able to help anybody or anybody out with chores and all. But I told her, just through the Lord, Lord, you have a mouth and you can pray. For the word of God says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We should be using every opportunity, people. I'm going to tell you. See somebody walking on the street, pray for them. I don't mean pull off the side of the road and pray for them. The Lord tells you. But just say, God, King James is after that one.
God, take them deeper in you if they don't have a relationship in you. God, if they have a relationship with you, take them deeper. Let them grow, Heavenly Father. Now, if we start doing that here in the streets of Jessup, some of them God's going to send in here. But it doesn't matter where God sends them, as long as God deals with them. And that's what we want. That's what we got to do. You know, that's, that's one of the things, you know, here when people say, well, giving out their turnips. People say, where are you going to church at? Because they know it's a promotion, don't they? We're giving you these greens so you'll come and be in our church. No, I, t- I, I tell them, I tell them I go to Providence. But the important thing is you need to know that God loves you. And that God has a plan for your life. So people, we need to wake up and not miss an opportunity. Today, this day forward, I challenge you to take the foolish things that I'm talking about because it does sound stupid. But it is effectual things and fervent things that will accomplish things in the kingdom of God. We, We don't need to miss these opportunities that God has given us. Pray for those people. Park behind somebody waiting in the red light. Pray for the one in front of you. Start making your time useful. Make it count. God hears your prayers. I'll tell you that again. God hears your prayers. He tells us that he hears our prayers. He tells us to pray. He tells us. And the devil says, oh, who are you? Who are you that God would live? Don't you know God's still mad at you? You ain't quite got over what you did last week or yesterday. Or, or, oh, I know what you thought a few minutes ago. Can you imagine? And here you are trying to be Mr. Holy. That's, that's the devil. God is not telling you that. God is not telling you anything that is not edifying. Yes, he may slap you and get your attention, but after that comes the message. And I tell you, listen to it. You know, we've all been slapped, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, we've all been slapped. Some of us say, you know, a a spanking from the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes spankings don't help. It's the slap in the face that gets the job done. It's quicker. And then sometimes we go through slaps. In a sense, God has given us a slap to say, wake up now. Let's go to the next level. And I, I want to start living Acts 2. It's time for Acts 2. I don't mean the second chapter of Acts. That's fine. I'm talking about the second book of Acts. But it, maybe we should call it Acts Part 2, since Acts is one of the very few uh, uh, of the... New Testament that did not end in the word amen. That means it's still going on. That's right. (laughs) It's still going on. So we're in Acts B. We're ready to kick up a notch and let's move on into Acts B. And be what God has called us to be. And believe what God has called us to believe and what he's told us. And you're talking about seeing things. Because God is expecting. And I'm going to tell y'all this. Y'all heard me get up uh, a few weeks back and tell you I was very concerned about the political things that were going on and how things were looking and how things were shaping up. But God gave me a word. And that word included one statement that he told me to declare. And he says, declare that the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. 
And let me tell you, I've been doing it, and I've been watching, preserve, I've been watching results. Things beginning to kind of people starting to wake up with things. And I'm saying, yes, Lord. And I'm not bragging. I'm just continually continuing to declare the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. And I declare to you in your life, the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. In your life, the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. Here at Providence, the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. God has given us an open heaven. The angels of God are surrounded this place, keeping it open. Because the enemy is doing everything he can to come against an open heaven in this place, in this community. And yes, there are movings of God happening throughout this community. And I praise God for them. And I back them. And I bless them. And I encourage them. But my responsibility is where God has placed me. And I've got to be a keeper. A keeper. A keeper of the young souls that are in here and putting our responsibility. Of our babies. Of our kids. Of our children. And you mothers, you know how you feel about your kids. There's not enough devils in hell that can separate your love from that child. And we've got to take on that motherly love as providence to cover our children and our people. That there's not enough devils in hell. Though he will try, we must know that our minds are made up and that... The righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. When you're going through something and you present it to the Lord, just let in there and the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. When you got that need and you take it before the Lord and you pray and you ask him to take care of it, Declare there, thank you, Jesus, because the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. In your life, in what you are facing this day, I declare unto you, in the name of the Lord, the righteousness of the Lord shall prevail. Okay. Ken's got something to say, and then I think we're going to have children's church. It won't take but just a second. This morning I heard a couple things. I heard some things before I got here. I heard some things since I've been here, and I just want to release it. <clears throat> this morning before I left the house, I heard prescribed burn. Um, prescribed burn. Um, especially in Florida. If you're from Florida, you understand what prescribed burning is. Um they burn off things so when, you know, a drought comes that things don't get out of hand. Um, God has had a, a prescription written for providence, and it's been a prescribed burn. Now, after a prescribed burn, things look barren. Things look dead. Um, it doesn't look good, but it, it had to take place. And what happens after the prescribed burns, you see the new growth. You see the new seed coming in. And you see the new fruit coming in. 
we, we can't get to a place where we look at numbers and think of fruitfulness. Because fruitfulness is right here. And see, it's something about the tree of life. Because when the fruit, when, we, when we're connected to the tree of life, we begin to put off fruit. And it's now this time and season of fruitfulness like providence has never, has never seen. Because people will come and they'll begin to eat the fruit that's ripe. Now, back in August and September of last year, I began to sense the fire of God, but it didn't come in the way I expected. Now, we get excited, you know, right now. I mean, I'm, we get excited when we talk about the fire of God shut up in our bones. But when it comes in a way where it begins to just burn across the land, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. But the results is fruitfulness. There's a transition of fire that's happening in this place. Now, we'll always have that purification fire going on in our lives, but we're fixing to shift or, or transition into the fire of God's glory. See, it's something when, when we stand in the fountain of mercy and grace. See, we first had to come into the presence to ever get into the fountain. And you've got mercy and grace. But when we really stand in it and we really flow in it, then comes his glory. And God's glory is settling. Like I've never experienced before. There's, there's a glory not coming to the house. It's here. Um, we're going it, to... It's not even, even going to be a matter of prayer. Now, I mean, I'm, you know, the, James said... Call for the elders, anoint them with oil, and, and, and they'll be healed. It's not that we won't do that, but the glory is going to be in such a thickness. It'll be times like drunkenness that you won't, it'll be like you, your head will be heavy because of the, the glory. It'll, it'll be intoxicating. And people begin, as, as the word is preached and as the word is brought through the musicians, healing. Emotionally, physically, in every air, financially, the glory. It, it's not going to be about just the prayers of the right. It's just going to be because it's his glory. And that's where, that's, that's where I see we are. Okay. Kids come. Sister Janie's got a lesson for you. Kids come to Children's Church. Yeah, come that. Okay. We're going to end with Children's Church, I guess. What you got? I got to share it real, real quick because this kind of like ties it up. The night of Winds of Fire was here after service. Carol Carrock has brought this in the piece of paper, but I wrote it down. Brought me a piece of paper and said, two minutes before I arrived here, God said to give you this. And it was for me, but it's for you. If, if you know the past year, you know it. He said, don't mourn what might have been. It was preparation for your future. All right. I'm going to tell you about a tangible touch. I want to tell, talk to you today about being filled with the power through a touch from the Lord. Okay? Now, how many of y'all can close your eyes for me and not peek? Can you do that? 
All right, I want you to close your eyes and hold out your hand. Let's see. Garen, I'm going to start with you. All right. I want you to tell me, Garen, um, what is this that I put in your hand? Can you tell me what that is? Feel of it with both hands. All right, feel of it with your hands. What is that? Pen. All right. You write with it. It's a pen, isn't it? A pencil. Good deal. You did good. How did you figure that out? By feeling it. Good. All right, Elijah Kelly, close your eyes tight. Feel of this. What is that? Paintbrush. Very good. You got it right. All right. Hmm. Jace. Let's see. Crayon. Tell me again. Crayon. That's right. That's a crayon. All right, Levi. Hmm, got to get something hard. Fake grapes. Fake grapes. Very, very good. I'll bring some real ones next time. All right, let's see. Hannah. All right, keep your eyes closed. What you got, Hannah? Paper plate. Good deal. All right, Destiny. What you got, Destiny? Screwdriver. It is. It's a screwdriver. Hey, y'all. All right, throw them back in there. Y'all did so good. Now, we've got five senses. And just by touching that, you knew what it was, didn't you? All right, y'all tell, right, tell me what the five senses are. Listen, hear, taste, and smell. All right, so we can, we can use all these things we've got. To, to tell about things. Um, the sense of touch is very important. And y'all did a great job. One day, Jesus was walking through a crowd. And he had on a tallit. And he wore that underneath his garments. And his other stuff, it was underneath there. And he was in a crowd. And this woman come up. And she said, if I can just touch those tassels on the end of his garment, I will be healed. I believe, I believe, I know I will be healed. So he was just walking around in a big crowd of people. And she, Hannah reached out and grabbed that little tassel. She just reached out and she grabbed that tassel and turned loose of it. You know what Jesus said? Now, he's got all these people just thronging around him. And she reached out and she said, I got my healing. And he said, somebody touched me. And the disciples said, well, yeah, we all touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me. Somebody said, I believe if I can just touch him, I believe I'll get a healing. He said, virtue has gone out of me. And so just because she thought, I can reach out and touch Jesus, she claimed a healing. She had had a, a problem with some bleeding, a, a sore that had been bleeding for 12 years. Keith preached one time on all the kind of crazy things that doctors, or so-called doctors, did for you to try to get you healed of this disease that she had. One of them was that you laid down into cow pasture and you rolled into cow poop. Now, this lady probably had tried that. That was one of the known cures for the day, to go roll in the cow pasture and roll in poop. 
Now, yeah, I, I tell you what, I'm glad that's not my doctor today. But she thought, I have tried all these crazy things. She says, if I can just go touch Jesus, his little tassels, I believe there's enough of his glory in that little tassel. If I can just get a hold of it, I don't even have to ask him about it. Just because I'm there where his presence of his glory resides. I know that Jesus will heal me. And that's exactly what Jesus did. She got a hold of him. She touched him. And Jesus felt the power go out of him. And Jesus turned to that woman and he said, Woman, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from suffering. So that, you know, this I think just sums up everything that we've talked about today. We're here in his glory and his presence. And he's so close. We can just reach out and touch him. We might not have a tallit. We might not have anything even tangible. But you can Feel the glory of God here in this place. And I want you to know that no matter what kind of problem you have in your life, that you can just reach out and open your hands and God's going to put in them whatever you need to take care of the problem you have that very day. Okay? Y'all believe that with me? I know that the God in you is going to take care of you and you just reach out and grab it and God's going to take care of all your problems, okay? Lord, I thank you for these children and I thank you that you are in them and that you are giving them the power through your touch to reach out and touch others. In Jesus' name, bless them this week as they go forward. Thank you, Lord. Amen. A lot of y'all may not know this, but... Uh... This week we had an extraordinary thing happen in our family. Our five-year-old grandson was being, uh, he's in a carpool with people that, a couple folks carry on the school every morning to kindergarten. And Gable was in a car seat in a pickup truck along with a little girl. And they were being carried to school by one of the carpooling dads. And uh, they were in a pickup truck. They came up to an intersection and a big log truck made a right-hand turn. And you had them logs stick out on the back of the truck. It came right along. And it hit the truck. It took off the roof of the cab, and they wound up in the ditch. It was totaled, absolutely totaled the truck, and everybody walked away without a scratch. Yep. And so we give the Lord praise for that. And I'll also say this. In an extraordinary way, God's put a tremendous burden uh, in our family to be praying for our children and our grandchildren and our extended family and our church people, our church family. Now, uh, God's been doing that for about three months in a very intense way. And so we, we've seen the evidence of answered prayer this week. I want to encourage you to continue to do that because I know a lot of you do that on a daily basis. We need to watch over our children and pray for them. And, uh, you know, we just give God the glory that we still have everything intact. One truck is gone, but everything of value is intact. Okay, is everybody good? Everybody's okay.